the Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Horse and Hound Babington Daily Podcast, which is supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. I'm Gemma Redrup and today I'm once again joined by three of my Horse and Hound colleagues. I've got Pippa Room, Martha Terry and Lucy Elder. Hi guys. Hello. So obviously today has been cross country day um, and it's been a jam packed day full of action and excitement and all sorts. So, but first we're just going to sort of start by running down the top five so Pippa I'll come to you first who is our leader going into tomorrow so Laura Collett has held her lead with London 52 she went clear quite comfortably inside the time and that really doesn't tell the whole story she didn't necessarily have the easiest ride I don't think the horse left a leg and left its left knee jumping into the quarry the first serious combination and she had to sit quite tight the funny thing was that by the time Laura came to talk to us she'd completely forgotten about that and after she'd given her interview on Radio Babington she was talking to us and she said oh gosh I mean I always off at the fourth fence but it's so long ago I've almost forgotten it um, so yeah she, she got off to that start and she really did have to ride she was held on course for, for a period because of another problem and she said afterwards London 52 was a bit like mum's gone completely crazy she wants me to do two cross country rounds in one day but okay whatever I'll just get on with it because he'd never been held before Exactly. She said she'd ne- he'd never been held in his whole career, but he did answer her every call. She rode like a champ and, yep, she holds her lead. She is more than a show jump ahead of, of her, her, her nearest competitors. And so she's on a score of 21, which is what, yeah, what she scored yesterday. Uh, and then, Lucy, I'm going to come to you to tell us who is actually holding both second and third place after today. Well, in second and third is Oliver Townend with his two rides here this week. He is in provisional second with Swallow Springs, who is a relatively new ride for him. And this is their first five star together. Obviously, the horse was previously ridden by Andrew Nicholson and successfully at five star. Yeah. So they had quite an eventful time out on cross country they had a quite a sticky moment at the final C element at fence four which is the horse quest quarry it's the I think they call it the Aintree brush fence it's a skinny little box type uh, boxy thing. type yeah. spruce spruce fence there um, and then they carried on but then they were also held just around the 12 just before fence 12 uh, following Nicola Wilson's fall and they were held on course for about 30 minutes they then finished they jumped around the rest clear but they went provisionally into the lead and then we later saw that they had been eliminated and then later on this afternoon that was again reversed so it's been quite a yeah quite a day to keep an eye on the top of the leaderboard because that has been sort of shuffling around a bit just to explain what happened there with Oliver he was initially down as eliminated on the leaderboard because of that incident at the horse quest quarry where he did or didn't miss the flag in a, in a really awkward jump over the last element obviously in the end the grand jury decided that no penalties were needed and so he was reinstated at the top of that leaderboard. Thank you Pippo because I was trying to sort of pull up the the FEI rules in my mind about what 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 exactly that flag rule is because that's been sort of chopped and changed a little bit over over recent years we've followed that in news a little bit. He's also as we said in third on his Olympic team gold medal winner Ballamore class and they had a, a cracking ride actually out round the, round the cross country today. 
This is Ballamore Class 8th five-star cross-country clear. And Oliver said that two grey hunt horses actually came over to meet and settle him before he, before he set off, which I thought was quite interesting insight there. Uh, it was a bit where he said he got a bit wound, so he was starting to get a bit on yeah, edge, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So he, he, he made some friends. Made some friends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is rather nice. Uh, Oliver said he was quite cocky early on, but, I mean, what a horse. He said it was a privilege to ride, and if there was a six or a seven-star, then he'd go round those as well. So, yeah, he's in a really strong position. Uh, heading into the show jumping and of course he was cl- he was inside the time on both of his rides wasn't he so yes and was. they are 0.2 between the two of them so they're on 25.7 and 25.9 respectively martha come to you next who's in fourth yeah so i think this was the round of the day for me um this was lordship's graffalo ros second ride and they were lying 10th on 26 and they're still on 26 um but in fourth place so five behind, five penalties behind London 52. Same with the shouts. Um, their, their round was amazing. It, it was in- really looked like she was doing pony club, didn't it? It was incredible. It's like the horse was on rails and he didn't look like he needed any setting off or anything, did he? Nothing. Just cruised round. Exactly. And I think we saw quite a lot of really good experienced horses looking slightly ragged yeah. and really having to try. He didn't even look like he was trying. He was just popping round and, you know, quite finished quite easily inside the time. And he's a 10-year-old. And he's only 10, he's never done it before, exactly. And I think it's quite telling that she rides the world champion who's actually in sixth place, All-Star B. She also had a brilliant round on him. Um, and she said she doesn't want to be disloyal to Albie, the All-Star B, because she loves him so much, but she believes this horse is even better. So I think there's some measure of what he is um, on his very first five-star. Yeah, no, he looked, I completely agree with you, he looked totally class. I think it's really interesting as well that inside the top 10, we've got two combinations that have won badminton before. Uh, we've got Vinaya Kamira and Piggy March. Gemma, are you going to have a yes. have a chat about them? Yeah, so, yeah, like you just said, um, they're in the, the top few. So Piggy March and Vinaya Kamira are actually reigning badminton champions, given that the last one was in 2019, uh, and they're in fifth. Uh, really annoyingly for Piggy, I mean, she had an amazing, she had a great round that looked really gritty in that mare's such a... She's just, she's just like a little terrier. She just gets down and gets on with it. Uh, but annoyingly for Piggy, she was one second over the optimum time, so that's 0.4, 0.4 of a penalty, which means that she, I mean, she was on a score of 25.7 after the dressage, which if she hadn't got that time fault, she would be in, what, equal second or third? Yeah, third um, behind Oliver. So anyway, now she's in fifth, thanks to that, that little time fault there. But Piggy afterwards... She sort of half explained that, saying that she spent longer in the warm-up than she perhaps usually would. Um, she, she only usually spends a maximum of 20 minutes in the warm-up, and this was to do with sort of some early holds, and they end, ended up sort of sort of sitting down there for a while, if you like. And so she, so she said, like, to start to start with, the um, Veneer Kamira didn't actually travel that well at the start of the course, and she left a knee at the first part of Huntsman's Close, which I can't imagine is the nicest feeling in the world. Uh, so she gave us sort of a bit of encouragement after that, and then... Saw, she saw the crowds at, at the lake for near Khmer and picked up and but unfortunately picked, you know she felt like she just couldn't make up the time in the middle of the course and essentially was sort of chasing herself home but she did say that Vanir Kamira has given her the best days of her life competition wise so that's that's our top five and so Lucy you, you mentioned there was two former winners in the top few can you tell us who the other one is yes I can it was the 2018 winners Janelle Price and Classic Murray and I I mean for me that was one of the rounds of the day if not the round of the day they just looked they're so quick yeah. we know they're so quick that mare's now 19 and I believe that was her 11th 
five star cross country clear from 11 starts and that is just phenomenal and I spoke to Janelle afterwards and I said there didn't appear to be any sticky moments or or any questions and she said no it was just I mean they were just on song so that was a real joy to watch and now we can hear from Laura Collette to be honest I can't really believe it Um, he's just exceptional he dug so deep and just kept on answering question after question after question it is relentless out there Um, he's never seen anything like that before and I am just so proud of him and now we'll hear from Oliver Townend about the first of his two rides Swallow Springs yeah good Um, nice relief the horse did a very good job Um, he's an athlete and obviously we had a break halfway which for me the rest will think was an advantage but for me it was traveling far easier before the break than after the break but we're still home and inside the time so that's a good relief and here's oliver talking about the second of his two rides balamore class very special isn't he um i think that's his eighth five star he's jumped around clear and um, it's a pleasure to ride. I, I was a bit worried. I thought he was going over the top, which he can do in the warm-up, but he met two hunt horses, actually, and they came and met him at the start, and they seemed to calm him down a lot. And then, yeah, he was cocky out out the start. He added in a few places, but once he'd settled down, he was he was very, very classy, as always. Now we have Ros Cantor talking about Lordship's Graffalo. Oh, it's been amazing. It's been a long day. It's the first time I've done two at this level, and... Uh... Yeah, it's, it is a long day, but um, a great day too. I mean, All-Star B is just a true legend, isn't he? He just pulls it out of the bag time and time again, and Lordship Graffalo is just um, sheer class. Um, you know, he made it feel so very easy that um, I can't believe he's only 10, really. Finally, here's Piggy March talking about her round on Veneer Chimera. Uh, that felt like uh, being in a tumble dryer or something like that for 11 minutes, 45 seconds. She was great. You know, she's a brilliant little mare. She really tried her hard out. Yeah, obviously one second, which is ridiculous, which makes quite a quite a big difference. But I'm just so proud of her. You know, she's 17 years old. She's come back. It's been causing a lot of problems. The time's really tight. It felt hard work. And, you know, she's delivered again. And she's tried her heart out. And, you know, what more can you ask? So now I want to sort of maybe discuss some of those rounds and riders and combinations who had a great time today that perhaps aren't in those top few. Who wants to kick this off? I can. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> I, I was really impressed with Austin O'Connor's round on Colorado Blue because he was 58th after dressage and the horse classically doesn't do a particularly good dressage test. Um, but I think he said that after Tokyo, people said you're on the best cross-country course in the world. And he says, it's just, you know, it's up to me not to mess it up. They look absolutely class. They um, finished inside the time to move up from 58th to 13th, which yeah. is so I'm doing at a time when the course was, was, really wasn't riding that well. It was causing a bit of carnage early on. And he was, yeah, one of only six that got that made that um, 11 minute 44 optimum time. And I imagine he gave a lot of riders in the, the riders' tent watching the course a bit of hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Early doors. Well, how about you, Lucy? What do you... I was really impressed by Amanda Pottinger, New Zealand rider, and just kidding. I really like her, that really forward style that she has I thought she was very impressive and it was really interesting hearing her analyzing her round afterwards and about how certain things didn't go how she had planned them to and how she then had to find other places to kind of give the horse a little bit of a mental break um, in order to 
to, to get round, but not just get round, but, you know, to do it well. And to me, that's kind of the essence of cross-country riding is you have a plan, but often that goes out the window and it's about habit riding what what you have under you and what's happening and the confidence levels going up and down and things like that and and the terrain and all of those things coming together and I thought that was just a really nice showcase of uh, what that's all about. I have to say I think Amanda is the bravest rider in the field because she said that this horse is not very scopy yeah, and I just said to her afterwards how did you feel going out on a course as big as this on a horse that you know isn't very scopy? And she said, well, you know, they say no scope, no hope, and we're all about hope. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously the horse has a great heart, they have a great relationship, and she said she tried hard if they sort of had a, a moment where the horse had to stretch a lot and make a big effort, she tried to give him an easy ride yeah. over the next fence and really save him, and I think she rode very well on a horse that wouldn't naturally suit a course like this. Yeah, no, and he, it, it did, when I watched their round, it did just look like they knew each other inside out. Is that the one that's related to a Kentucky Derby winner? I believe it is, isn't it? The sire. Yeah. yeah. It's really not bred for this job. <laughs> but it's fast. Talking of riders who have very good relationships with their horses, I would like to pick out two British first-timers, if that's allowed. Yeah. Um, Alice Caspern and Topspin, a second-generation homebred. Yeah. Um, Alice's mother rode here successfully. Alice is only 20 years old. She's the youngest rider in the field. She was wearing a necklace today that said 2002, which... Obviously, it's the year of her birth and made a lot of us in the mix zone feel quite old. There were certainly people in that mix zone who'd been standing in that mix zone every year since before Alice was born. So that was great work by Alice. She is sitting 23rd. She had 4.8 time faults, but a fantastic clear cross-country jumping, which is so impressive when she is so young. I was also impressed by Felicity Collins with RSH Contendor, her mother also a former badminton and championship rider. Felicity had 15.2 time faults for 31st, but again, a great jump clear. Felicity is a rider who has had to battle mentally with coming to five star. I went to her yard over the winter and did an interview with her. She rode at Poe in her first five star a couple of years ago on this horse and essentially got run away with and ended up I think being eliminated or certainly not completing after basically just driving by a few fences because the horse was very strong and it really knocked her confidence and after that she would sort of go to events maybe jump a double clear and cry in the lorry on the way home because she'd had a bad ride over one fence or she felt she'd had a bad ride or given a horse a bad ride and she really had to fight that. She came back at five star last year at Bicton, finished 10th with a double jumping clear and then has come here to her first badminton and gone really brilliantly cross country. So I think I have some measure of what this will mean to her after doing that interview over the winter and it was really lovely to see her go so well. I've got three. Oh, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one has to be David Dole on now I probably will pronounce this name wrong maybe that's why none of you have picked to talk about it because you don't want to pronounce this horse's name I'm going to go with Galileo Newmood maybe I, I, I don't know right. yeah. <laughs> that was an awesome ride that was a fantastic and hunted round yeah. 1.2 time faults uh, really near the end of the day was he the last one home in the end or he was there or thereabouts and anyway and he was just he had a dream a dream ride round i think he had one sticky moment at um at the open ditch where they then jumped the 
this the skinny brush afterwards. I can't remember off the top of my head now what it's called. The Lemire Leap. And uh, the horse sort of chipped in at the first bit and then it was like, ooh, 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 but they got over the three elements. But I mean, I don't really want to talk about that because the rest of the round was class. And I think that maybe we forget that David is also a first-timer. You know, he is lying in 11th. um, But he's got quite a lot of experience at five-star, at other five-stars. He's been to Burley, he's been to Poe, I think he's been to Le Moulin. um, So maybe we forget that this is his first badminton. Um, So, yeah, all credit to him. And he, yeah, like I say, he's, he's in 11th now. So uh, that's a pretty dream situation for him. And then Susie Berry, who's riding for Ireland, it's her first um, crack at badminton on John the Bull, who did a good dressage test yesterday. They were in the 20s, and and I thought their round today actually looked pretty class. They got 12.8 time faults and are now in 22nd. But She did take a long route at the corners. Yes, at the corners. um, The Nightimber corners, I think they are. But she, she looks like, you know, she's been doing babbington's for years and years and years and i think that horse was probably built for that track a lot of that track today he looked class yeah i thought susie rode very sensibly and i said that to her in the mix and then thought maybe that was really patronizing from someone who's never ridden at this level but i just thought that she made sure the fences on the way home didn't take unnecessary risks and had a round that would give the horse confidence for the future and her too yeah that's exactly what she said isn't it that she wanted a horse for the future so there's no point rushing it and then I've got to shout out my mate Richard Jones as well on Alfie's Clover because they had uh, they had a brilliant round uh, the 11th quickest round of the day um, I think they picked up 2.8 time faults but they've risen 34 places after the cross country so I don't think they've quite beaten Austin's rise I think Austin um, not yeah Austin's rise on Colorado Blue but they're they're not far off it so his round on Alfie's Clover who never looks like he's going that fast but He's just, he is, and him and Richard make a great combination. So I thought, yeah, they're in 18th place now. So there we go. We will now take a short break. The Horse and Hound Badminton Daily Podcast is supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. For those working or competing horses who maintain condition on grass or forage alone, yet still need essential nutrients for performance, muscle build, hoof growth and recovery. So welcome back. Um, We're now going to discuss, have a little chat about the course itself today and in general how it rode and our thoughts on it and maybe pick out a couple of fences if we want to so paper i'll come to you first what was sort of your overall thoughts about the day it's difficult to sum up at this point isn't it when we're sort of only an hour from the end of cross country and i always find with my cross country day copy i need to you know go home maybe have a little glass of wine let it settle in my mind before i write my magazine copy but I think that it was a good course. The faults were well spread at a very quick slash and grab look. I think there were 16 fences that caused problems. I wouldn't say that's 100% accurate because I'll need to double check it. But, you know, there was a good spread. The horses that went well grew in confidence. There were too many horse falls, I would say, for, for an ideal result. And certainly there were some quite nasty looking falls. And Maxime Livio's horse came down in the main arena. Horrible place that to happen, very public, um, after the last fence. And was down for a long time, had screens around him. And the cheer when he got up was brilliant and it was one of the best moments of the day but it was a nasty moment um, no, I don't think that was anything to do with the course but it, it was an unfortunate thing to happen for sure don't want to dwell on it too long overall I do think it was a good day of sport it was exciting, it shuffled the leaderboard there were not a lot inside the time so yeah, mixed and there were definitely some, some high profile casualties Yeah and I think for me the 
the one those that are in the sort of the top say 20 they most I'd say they all had class rounds you know I don't think many of them you can look at and say well they were lucky do you know what I mean it they 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 were really classy and I'm not saying those that didn't get into those top 20 weren't classy but the ones that went quick and clear looked incredible for me yeah definitely and you know there were some people who were unfortunate in going early in the day and maybe not seeing how tough the course was riding and where they needed to take a bit of time Tom McEwen completely blamed himself for his his forward to Lady de Cursa who went out in second after dressage he went on the five strides rather than the six through the light source BP solar farm running up to the bounce the horse jumped then the first part of the bounce very big on that open stride got too close to the second part and fell not sure we've ever seen that happen to Toledo de Cursa before and it was a really unfortunate moment the horse was fine Tom confirmed later um but um, yeah, you know, there were, there were mistakes even from, you know, our best performing combination at the Olympics. Yeah. And, and how about you, you guys, Martha, Martha and Lucy? I, like Pippa, I find I have to take a little bit of time to, to process it all. And for me, it was the morning, the early morning session had a different feel to the whole day played out. It was almost in sort of three chunks, really. The morning part, the early morning part, where we saw some, as you said, some quite high-profile falls, I found, yeah, hard to, to watch some of that. And then as the day went on and the com- competition progressed, it kind of had a, it was a different feeling watching it later on. I think, as Pippa said, it was a good course. The faults were went well spread throughout. There were too many horse falls um which no one wants to see but overall in terms of competition yes i thought it was a good course i've pulled up some stats as well i think there was a 73 percent completion rate 63 percent clear rate and an eight percent clear inside the time rate which yeah. is yeah gives us as you see it's sort you know, of a, it's a nice statistic isn't it those numbers those numbers sound nice and they say right but again as you've both said too many horse falls really so and I think it rode harder than the riders thought I think when we spoke to the riders yesterday um, after the dressage they a lot of them said I'm really looking forward to attacking it it's a big bold course everything's in front of you when they actually came to riding it at however many meters per minute they they found that you would turn a corner very sharply and two strides later and you were jumping a jump and often the horse couldn't really see it Um, William Fox was was saying it was constantly jerk yank left yank left and Everything was on, well, it's because it's going this way round this year, but everything seemed to be on a left turn. So um, I think that it just, it was very demanding and physically on the body to yeah. constantly be jerking around like that. And Eric Winter, who is the course designer, did speak at the press conference at the end of the day, said he thought it was a good day's sport, it was exciting. He said, obviously, nobody likes to see what happened to Maxim's horse, that, that, you know, it was a heart-wrenching moment for him and all the connections. So he certainly, you know, has in his mind a lot the safety and welfare and public image um, of the sport in terms of horse and rider safety and welfare. But, you know, I think overall... You know, he did a good job. He got a result. As he said, you can't have 100,000 people here and have everyone go clear inside the time. So, um, yeah, I think I think Eric did a good job and he himself would, would agree that, that he would prefer to see somewhat less falls. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that today wrapped up, tomorrow, <laughs> what's going to happen tomorrow? Do we all think Laura's going to stay there? I mean, like, like we've said, she's got a 4.7 penalty buffer that horse is... A pretty, I mean, he's a pretty good jumper. Or are we going to see, you know, Oliver's got two rides right there, or is it going to be someone from slightly lower down? Because, you know, what is there? The top six, there's 6.6 penalties separating them, so that's less than two fences. 
I, well, the point was put to Laura at the press conference that she, uh, you know, had a fence in hand and she said, yeah, but I would have needed more than that in Tokyo. Um, I think she'll probably jump clear. Uh, I'd be surprised if she had more than one down. The situation in Tokyo was very different where she was jumping under lights and the horse really took a fright um, sort of somehow misread a fence, which I think from memory had a water tray under it. He was quite a green horse to be jumping under lights in this way, that way. This is a much more familiar situation to him. He is a very good jumper. I think she's our winner. Yeah, I do. I do tend to agree. And actually, does the fact that we've got beautiful going here in that main arena, you know, it's not going to be wet and horrible. Does that make it more like perhaps the surface that, you know, and, and it's even for everyone and these good horses will jump well? Yeah, certainly in weather like today and weather like we've had this week the conditions are very good for all the competitors and you're not getting a change through the days as you would with a competition on grass where it's a lot wetter and how about martha and lucy i reckon that um oliver's done fantastically moving up to second and third but i don't think he's going to stay there is my prediction i i think that ros will come second and third yeah on lord chagraffalo second and and all-star b third both have a fantastic record show jumping oliver's horse is probably slightly less so but you know anything can happen um so i think she's gonna move up they say i'm gonna protect one two three as they are okay i'm going yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna stick not twist one Uh, of us will hopefully be right maybe i don't know maybe none of us will be right (laughs) yeah what are you predicting well laura then roz and then Kitty. All-Star B or Lordship's Gruffalo? Lordship's Gruffalo. No, but then All-Star B, you see. So, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you, Martha. I think it's going to be Laura. Uh, Ros Ros. We'll see. It is exciting. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. We will be back tomorrow for our final episode of the Horse and Hound Daily Podcast, which is kindly supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. And we look forward to seeing you all then.